Hi there, I'm Tracy, and this is the Essential Stepmom Podcast, your source of unconventional advice and inspiration for the womanly art of raising someone else's kids. Is it really an art? You bet. Nobody pops out of the womb with an instinct for step parenting. It's something you practice and get better at, like anything else. And if you found this podcast, it means you're smart enough to look for someone who's been practicing the moves for a long time to stand in your corner and coach you through it. I'll share my wins, my missteps, and my analysis of what worked for my family over the last 14 years and why it could work for you too. If you like this stuff, don't forget to subscribe. And you can get more of me at EssentialStepMom.com. Did you listen to my interview with Dorsey Pruder in last week's episode? You might have heard her say something interesting. She said that her first contact with families that get in touch with her for help is usually the stepmom. And that's no surprise. Our partners are often somehow stuck in shell shock. Their ex-wife has found the perfect, most despicable way to hurt them. And it's a hurt that never stops. Every other week or weekend, she lobs a cannonball disguised as her own child to crash through the roof of our home, sending bits of shrapnel flying everywhere, wounding everyone, but none more than the child themselves. So the wound to your partner, the, the dad of this child, or perhaps the other mom of that child, is twofold. They get wounded by the rejecting behavior of the child, and again, by knowing that their own child is actually suffering and not being able to help them. Dad is often not even able to call out for help. Dads feel embarrassed and impotent to be in this kind of situation. It's not a place of clarity. So, enter stepmom. She's all over Facebook, she's listening to podcasts and searching YouTube for answers. And thank goodness for her. And, like Dorsey said, once you've found something or someone helpful, then it's up to your partner to run with it and do the actual work. Because when it comes down to it, only the parent can fix this. Only the relationship with the parent really counts. When I say it's all that counts, I don't mean that your relationship with the kids doesn't count for anything at all. What I mean is that the safety and security needs of children can only be met by their parents. Kids will actually even rely on shitty abusive parents for their safety before going to the police or other relatives who might help them. And Adults only go to therapy to fix one relationship, the one with their mother or their father that was never right. Nobody goes to therapy saying, I never felt good enough for my third grade teacher. Nobody. It's only about our parents. And if it's about our siblings, then it's really about how our parents allowed us to be mistreated by our siblings. All our other relationships are rooted in what happens to us in our family of origin. So this family that you have now as a stepmother is only partly a family of origin for the children. And that's the part that doesn't include you. That's why I'm always saying that you have to respect the original family, the first family. You're going to make another new family 
that they can belong to without leaving their first family. It's subtle and maybe it sounds meaningless, but it's going to solve a cartload of emotional problems and mysterious behaviors if you respect the energy around step-family dynamics. So now that you know that your partner needs to hear this, you can hit pause and go get them. Or just invite them to listen later. In the meantime, I'll let you know that this episode is being sponsored by a free online event coming up from September 16th to 18th called the Step Family Summit 2020. 13 expert speakers have been interviewed on topics including creating good boundaries, having better conversations, being a stepmom without children, and making the decision to have an hours baby. I've been invited to talk about parental alienation, specifically how to get through to kids who are being brainwashed or gaslighted. If you think this is happening in your family, I hope you'll mark your calendars and sign up to attend. It's free, and if you sign up with the special link I'm going to give you, the Step Family Summit will support this podcast with proceeds from the sale of optional upgrade packages where you can buy lifetime access to the audio or video replays and transcripts, as well as a bunch of bonus content. I made a bit.ly link so that I could read it online and you could remember it, so here it is bit.ly slash Tracy Summit. No E in Tracy. Easy, right? It's bit.ly slash Tracy Summit. I'll remind you again at the end, and the link will be in the show notes. I won't go over everything that you'll hear in my presentation for the Step Family Summit, but I'm going to explain a bit of context. First of all, I mentioned the idea of being brainwashed or gaslighted, and I'd like to go a little more into the difference between them because in my interview, I said that they were more or less the same. They are, but there's one big difference. Gaslight is the title of a famous black and white movie from the 1940s starring Ingrid Bergman. It's almost almost a horror film. It's about a woman who thinks she's going insane. The evil dude who marries this woman wants her to kill herself so that he can have her fortune. He starts doing things to make her doubt her own sense of reality, like causing the gas lamps in the house to flicker, but saying that he doesn't see the flickering. He even brings someone else around to say that they don't see the flickering either. He steals a necklace and arranges for it to be found in his wife's purse as if she had a split personality that she was unaware of. So brainwashing is causing someone to change their beliefs by repetitive or forceful means. So if you're a child and you're being repeatedly told that dad is a bad guy, he's unreliable, and he doesn't care about you, you'll eventually come to believe that it's true, mostly because you don't want to believe that the parent telling you these things is a liar. I'm going to say mom here because most of my listeners are stepmoms, so the offending parent is the biological mother. But believe me, dads do this stuff too. You can listen to episode 10 in season one of this podcast and hear what my guest Kim Wilson had to say about being brainwashed by her dad to think that her mom would try to kill her. Anyway, 
the brainwashing can be enhanced if the parent punishes you by withdrawing their love when you protest or if they reward you when you show that you believe them. Gaslighting, on the other hand, happens when a parent manufactures proof that your absent parent is unreliable or a bad guy. That's what's going on when mom knows that the visit weekend has been changed, but she lets the child get all ready and wait by the door so she can say, your dad is just unreliable. He's always disappointing you. I told you Gaslight was a horror movie. It's like that in real life. It's deliberately making someone question their reality by tricking them, by planting fake evidence or withholding the truth. And kids don't have any context for understanding what's happening. I'm going to read a perfect example for you. This comes from an advice column in my local newspaper called Ask Ellie. Here's the reader question. I've been estranged from my two adult daughters, now both in their 30s, for over four years. I divorced their father when they were very young, and I raised them solely. I made a stupid mistake years ago by holding on to letters that their dad handed me during their childhood to give them, but I never did give them his letters. My oldest daughter found them a few years before their father died. After meeting with their father's family for a memorial, they've stopped talking to me. I know that his brother keeps stirring their feelings against me. One text to me a year ago expressed hope that I die alone. I've emailed, texted, sent greeting cards over the years with barely an acknowledgement. I'm blocked from their social media. My youngest forbids me to contact even her husband. I don't know the marital status of my oldest, whom I last heard was separated. They live at opposite ends of the U.S. I traveled nearby to the oldest twice, but she wouldn't see me. Signed, Estranged Mother. I have trouble reading this without wanting to shake the writer by the shoulders and possibly even box her ears. My more compassionate self would say that estranged mother actually doesn't seem to even know that she is a toxic parent. She ruined her daughter's lives and betrayed them in a way that can never be made right. And she calls that a stupid mistake. It was that, but it wasn't one mistake. It went on and on. It wasn't one letter. It was many, maybe all the letters that their dad ever tried to send them. She withheld proof that their dad loved them, that he wanted to be in contact with him, that he cared about them. She manufactured a situation in which he utterly abandoned them. It wasn't real. She made it up and faked the evidence. That's what's known as gaslighting. And it typically results in being cut off by the victims of your charade because they mostly get old enough, eventually, or smart enough to see it for what it is. What could the dad in this situation have done differently? Of course, I can't speak for him, and who only knows what else he actually did to stay in contact that was thwarted by his scheming ex-wife. But I can tell you what my husband did in the years that his kids were being alienated. He kept at it. He persevered, even when it felt ridiculous. When his kids stopped answering the phone for his nightly calls, he would call again. And then again, he would keep calling 
until someone picked up and then they would finally talk. And it would happen like that night after night for years. It wasn't easy at all. Actually, it was soul sucking. But his kids were happy that he didn't give up. They actually did want to talk to him, even when they pretended that they didn't. And when he went to visit them, after the three-hour drive to get there, sometimes nobody would answer the doorbell. He would ring again, and he would knock, and he would wait. It was a kind of game they had to play, to satisfy their mom that they weren't actually eager to see him. That was the price that they all had to pay to spend time together. I won't lie, it wore him down. It wasn't easy, and he was never sure if he shouldn't just leave them with their mom and stop fighting to see them and talk to them. But then they started to grow up and see things for themselves, and before we knew it, the heavy lifting times were over and they were living here with us, slowly unraveling their Stockholm Syndrome days and making their own reality. I surveyed some stepmoms who had been alienated themselves as children by one parent against the other. One woman told me that her dad tried to call her every week and for four years she refused his calls. She said, when he finally gave up and stopped calling, I was heartbroken. I feel so sad for everyone in that story. How long is a person supposed to keep trying? I don't know the answer, but I think there's a really important message in that story. And it's that when you can't get in touch because, because your child can't feel safe with an abusive or controlling parent monitoring their contact, it's enough for them to know that you're trying. You're still communicating your love just by calling or sending text messages that never get returned. You can demonstrate how reliable you are by how consistently you reach out. Being consistent is one of the five C's I'll be talking about on the Step Parent Summit interview. And there are a million little ways to be consistent, but you'd be surprised how important that is in getting past the brainwashing or gaslighting that's going on. It's important for a lot of other reasons too, having to do with nonverbal communication and providing a sense of security and certainty for your kids. The other four C's I'll be talking about are cooperation, connection, credibility, and consensus. And I'll go into those in more detail in that talk. I'll also be speaking about how to use the concept of the five love languages, which if you don't know about, it's a title of a book by Dr. Gary Chapman that I highly recommend. When you figure out the principal love language of your child, you can hack into the dynamic between you to show your love in the exact way that makes perfect sense to them, in the way that makes them feel loved. And making them feel loved is the key to everything. It's what's going to bring your kids out of their brainwashed state gently and with compassion. I'm going to leave it there for today with a reminder about the free Step Family Summit 2020 online from September 16th to 18th. Sign up by going to bit.ly slash Tracy Summit. And is there an E in Tracy? No, there is not. Go to bit.ly 
tracysummit. And if you want to be able to listen to all 13 of the expert interviews on the go, like you might be doing right now, you can grab one of the optional upgrades and own the audio replays for just 17 bucks. If you want to go all in and do the full VIP thing, you can get the videos and the transcripts and a whole bundle of extras. Last time now, it's bit.ly slash tracysummit. And you can even shop there guilt-free because you'll be supporting this podcast while buying life-changing training for yourself, your partner, and your family. The Essential Stepmom Podcast is produced by me, Tracy Poisner. Please take a moment to leave a rating or a review on whatever platform you're listening. It really helps us to show up on a search, and it's how we're already being found by stepmoms in Bermuda, Bahrain, Brazil, Bahamas, Belgium, and 53 other countries that don't start with B. I love hearing from you. And I'd love to respond to your stepfamily-related questions on the podcast. Reach out anytime to info at essentialstepmom.com. You can also find a link to book a free phone chat with me in the show notes.